0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: Eight out of ten Canadians will get more from the climate payment incentive than what, what it costs. That's a fact. They can, they can debate it and they can go into the alternative views of the world, but Canadians will get, eight out of ten Canadians will get more. And Mr. Speaker... What I'm interested to know is when will they have a plan to fight climate change? When will they help tackle this issue that is costing Canadians billions of dollars, Mr. Speaker, year after year?
0: Question period of Parliament too often disintegrates into a clown show. Let's find out if our next guest knows who that was, whose voice that was. Dan McTague is president of Canadians for Affordable Energy. He was a member of parliament for 18 years, held senior positions within government, been a friend of mine for more than 30 years. Do you know who that was, Dan?
1: Yeah, Stephen Debo. <laughs> That's the one, <laughs> the tower little... climber. How are you? What a fellow.
0: How are you doing? How's your transition to 2024 been?
1: Uh, same as it was in 2023, uh, Roy. I mean, uh, the price is the same. Uh, looks like uh, nothing has really changed on the uh, uh, what's driving energy prices. And, of course, uh, that keeps me quite busy. But uh, I, I do note a lot of folks out there, uh, especially in the United States, talking about how prices are normalized, things are getting back uh, to where they should be. Uh, but that can't be said for Canada uh, simply because, of course, as noted, uh, not one, not two, but three carbon taxes, uh, one of which is already implemented. Uh, second, which is being uh, unveiled, uh, part of Atlantic Canada has already faced that. Newfoundland, by the way, would we'll be facing an 8-cent-a-liter increase come, Friday, uh, uh, come Thursday rather, as a result of the second carbon tax, which a lot of people you know, refer, do not mention, but uh, nevertheless, it is what it is. The clean fuel regulations will hit that province, so... Nothing uh, in any of this suggests things uh, as far as prices are concerned for energy and the outlook is normal. Uh, It is being significantly distorted by a federal government that uh, uh, through a policy of blocking pipelines is weakening the Canadian dollar and at the same time increasing the cost of energy, which in turn creates this kind of uh, virtual circle of uh, ever increasing prices for Canadians. And it will not change in 2024. It will continue.
0: Mr. McTagg, of course, is president of Canadians for Affordable Energy. So that really was my first question. Are we better or worse off uh, in the first week of 24 than we were at the same time last year? So we're pretty much in the same leaky tub.
1: <laughs> Roy, it's funny because the price of fuel today in the average of about $1.43, $1.44, that's the average across Canada. There have been some changes. Alberta's restored its provincial sales tax, Manitoba removed its sales tax. Uh, is about three to four cents higher this year than it was this time last year. And you can actually say that uh, a good part of that is, in fact, the carbon tax, the increase in the carbon tax, which uh, we saw increase about 3.3 cents a litre plus HST, GST. So although that is not the only reason, um, those who are celebrating the idea that things are much better in 24 than 23, as far as energy is concerned, I think are overlooking significant facts about uh, the cost of energy and the cost of doing business in this country being much higher, artificially so, than other nations, which uh, are starting to show that they're getting a bit of an advantage, especially our friends south of the border of the United States.
0: Yeah, I received an email from a, a listener in Manitoba, and uh, she wrote, and I won't identify her because I didn't ask her if I could, but she wrote, um... I just wanted to share with you what happened the last few days in Manitoba. Wab Canoe, our new premier, promised to cut fuel tax this January, possibly for six months. But just the intent of helping us out is incredible. And today I filled up my tank from $1.30 last time to today $1.15 a gallon, a liter, I guess. Yeah. And, and Costco is even cheaper. I can't tell you. This is what the listener writes, Dan. I can't tell you the instant relief and gratitude I felt. Finally in my psyche, I feel I'm catching a little break. It lifted my spirit. So the federal selfish government could not do that months and years ago to help all Canadians struggling. She writes, I'm a widow. I don't have anyone to fall back on. I stay home a lot, isolated, because I can't afford to waste money. And the federal government caps now does not care
1: it's disheartening uh, right it is it's it's very much uh, how disconnected uh, this federal government and its allies in the NDP and the Green Party are disconnected from the reality that they're imposing on Canadians and I can say that with absolute credibility and certainty I served that party for 18 years I served it in the trenches 20 years before that now, you know the story um, this is not my Liberal Party. It is certainly not the party I recall that was interested in having Canadians back. We were the only country that I know of in the OECD that raised energy taxes during the height of the uh, pandemic. We we're the only nation. And it has to tell you something about the, uh, the the moral compass of those running your country today. Now, I can make a political statement. I'm not going to do that. i come awfully close. I think Canadians really have to make a decision here. There's not a whit of difference that we can make in terms of reducing CO2 that is going to a change the weather or b, uh, better yet, uh, you know, make the world a much better, cleaner place. Um, I, I think at the, at the end of all of this, if we have a government that refuses to prioritize the plight of Canadians. Is it any wonder that so many are feeling the way this individual did when she wrote into you and, and yep. made those comments, which then come from the heart and
0: represented an everything? Very much so. And, and Dan, that, uh, that email uh, actually got to me as I was reading it. So it might have sounded like I was having a little fun with you. I guess I was when I asked you to identify the voice. But we have to remember that voice is the voice of the Environment Minister of Canada who has an outsized impact on policy or is the spokesperson for Justin Trudeau on the whole environment issue, the justification for the carbon tax when people are hurting. Mr. Gilbo pushes this agenda regardless of anything else, regardless of that listener's concerns, that listener's expression of gratitude to the new Premier of Manitoba. For giving her a bit of a break for a few months, perhaps who knows how long the premier is going to be doing that? But he kept his promise, and he's doing it. That listener to me represents the responsibility Mr. Guibault has to the citizens of Canada, not just to himself and his own agenda.
1: Well, it's a serious agenda. It's dividing the country, but it shouldn't. We shouldn't be surprised. It
0: does. It has divided the country.
1: Mr. Guibault's background. Speaks, you know, uniquely to this overwrought activism that uh, is uh, is is threatening the viability of the nation and and destroying it from within. And I'm not surprised. I mean, he's a he's an avowed socialist. Uh, He's a Marxist. Uh, This is a guy who, in his earlier day, wrote uh, eloquently about the need for separatism. Uh, This is a guy who hated uh, energy companies. Uh, One of them all shut down. This is a fellow who mocked. Those who got sick at Walkerton, Ontario, when, uh, you know, uh, E. coli leached into the system. This is a guy who... I don't remember you know, that stuff. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I remember quite well. And, uh, you know, if you look at the history of uh, Mr. Guibo, you would know uh, beyond the orange jumpsuit and, and dangling from uh, the CN Tower or, uh, you know... And, and being the tactics. president and so founder of, your, of a group uh, called Equitaire uh, in uh,
0: Quebec. Yeah. Right? That's where Mr. Trudeau went to recruit him.
1: So if you want to have a fanatic running a department and have those, you know, emissaries of fanaticism uh, stationed in every one of the cabinet minister's offices, which is true of the Trudeau government, then expect these kind of things to happen.
0: Okay. But Canada is going to be punished. I would really enjoy the opportunity to speak to Gilbo in this studio.
1: I'd love the opportunity to debate him on the floor of the House of Commons. And
0: think, well, oh, he, I well that, of that's, that's, but, that's what happened because it's Mr. Speaker in the middle. <laughs> and and that is what's so frustrating, Dan McTagg, president of Canadians for Affordable Energy. That's what's so frustrating to Canadian people when we don't have a familiarity necessarily with the goings on in parliament and we hear this kind of self-serving shouting going on and we just say, mm-hmm. shut the hell up and sit down and listen to us. Well, that's it, right? And I think they're it, having uh, to do that now, Roy. And I think the time has changed. Dan, change Dan, I, I, Dan, I just got an email from Judy in British Columbia, Victoria, BC. Gas <laughs> price today one seventy two point nine.
1: Well, that tells you something, and uh, that's a bargain. Uh, that's a province that usually sees in April till about October two dollars and ten cents a liter, uh, and it's going to go up four and a half cents a liter. Uh, this year next year it'll go up another four and a half cents a liter uh, but also added to that eventually 17 cents a liter. so the four cents which will make its way ultimately uh, by 2030 uh, to an additional uh, you know an ad- additional 20 cents a liter'll we'll see uh, yet another 20 cents added with the clean fuel standard okay clean okay, fuel okay, regulation okay, and yeah. not even including mr. Gibo's latest iteration which was the cap only on oil and gas no other industry, Methane coming from a Quebec Hydro doesn't get a cap on emissions. Uh, cement plants don't get caps on the emissions. Automotive, nothing. Just the oil and gas sector. That's probably another fifteen to twenty cents a liter. In other words, gasoline prices will be going up eighty cents a liter. And between now, and do, you,
0: do you? I mean, you, Dan, you automotive. know, Dan, you know, and I know that for so many Canadians when they drive to work or they drive to the store or they take the kids to a game those numbers on the sign at the gas station represent concern a fluctuation of 4 cents, 5 cents if it goes down 4 cents oh my god I can fill up if it goes up 5 cents you know I went and put 50 bucks in my car this morning I was in a hurry the person in who was there before me? I don't know who it was. It was just the, the, the number that was on 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 the pump. Ten bucks.
1: You know, Roy, for somebody who looks at the energy prices and says, you know, well, you know, at least I'm getting something back on that, which is the line taken by the Trudeau Liberals, they don't take into account the meg you know, the, the significant impact. This is having, having in terms of a weaker Canadian dollar, which adds twenty cents to a liter uh, to the cost of diesel and gasoline. They don't look at the overall impact that the truck that transports those goods to the grocery store. I know you had the very esteemed uh, Sylvain Charlevoix, professor, food professor, on earlier, and my good friend Eric Cam, uh, who both spoke in very, you know, very forcefully to the fact that things aren't as good in this country as we think. The reality is that if you were to take away these policies, which have no other outcome other than to raise the price and to cripple the ability for the middle class to make ends meet. Uh, you know you would find that uh, things could actually turn around a little bit. And, and tomorrow, pressure off. Tomorrow, we start th-
0: tomorrow, Dan. We start the program with Professor Professor with Premier Scott Moe, whose government on the first of January said to the federal government, "We're not collecting the carbon tax for you any longer." on heating fuels, on, on so the Saskatchewan residents don't have to pay the carbon tax, because we're not collecting it, We're, you, you know, we do what you want. I mean, there's potential, potential fines and prison center. at the end of that legislation, right? Look,
1: I, I was the point man for consumer affairs to the Liberal Party in opposition from 06 to 11. Uh, this would never have flown under our group. You know that. You've spoken to me. I know that. I've known you for a long time. And I think you'll find that after the cull of 2025 or 2024, the Liberal Party and others will start to realize that all of these things you want to do have to be done in lockstep with the ability for Canadians to prosper. If you destroy that, forget your, your career in politics. You're actually doing something that is, you know, at tantamount. To playing with the future of a, a once great nation and uh, no one has the right to do that and no one should have the right to do that. At the end of the day this whole exercise the activists need to leave all 10 or 12 percent of them and they need to give back to the people who are struggling truly struggling to make ends meet. We can achieve all the wonderful things in the world we are one of the cleanest nations when it comes to a barrel of oil that we produce or the amount of emissions that we produce and I'm not talking co2 CO2, you we know, have an argument about, uh, it's, it's, they call it a pollutant, it's not. But I'll leave that to the scientists, the real scientists, not the faux ones that are paid by the federal government, trot out nonsense. If we look at what Canada's record has been in terms of environmental stewardship, it is second to none in the world. And I know that because I sat in the environmental committee as a, as a member of parliament, I know the work that we've accomplished. But you don't do these things in violation of and in deference to uh, the ability for people to make ends meet. You do that, you're shown the door. And the sooner the better.
0: 6.8 million Canadians live in food insecurity, including 1.8 million children. Increasing prices, increasing taxes contribute to that Reality: Food banks cannot keep up. People are living in their cars. It's a big picture. I'm taking a small part of the big picture. But without that smaller part of the big picture, you don't have a picture. That smaller part, in my view, is becoming larger and larger. Because as people become less confident, the, the situation just exacerbates and becomes more of a depressing issue, people who are depressed or people who are not feeling confident or people who are worried are not going to no. be at their maximum. It's, look, we could, we could do this all day long. Give me in 30 seconds, Mr. McTagg, what has to happen from your perspective in 2024?
1: Net zero would have to go. It, it needs, it's a policy that has no purpose. It's an invention and a creation of those who have much and are willing to share with others. I believe 2024, you're going to see energy prices rise. I think geopolitical issues are going to finally wake up markets in the way they have not. Okay. I also believe that Canada may see
0: a new government at the end of the day. Okay. Uh, I, I don't believe this so all If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend.